Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Awe Stories. Each week we speak with some beautiful souls about self-care, radical self-love, and the practices that have led them to transform into being heroes of their own lives. I hope you leave each episode feeling inspired and motivated in your own journey of self-discovery, ready to create greater presence and moments of wonder and awe in your everyday life. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Awe Stories. So September is International Yoga Awareness Month, so each episode this month we will feature different yoga and self-care practices. So today we get to talk to Ashley Ray from Habitat Yoga. She shares the love of play, self-regulation, mindfulness, and yoga with kids all around the Middle Tennessee region through Habitat Yoga. As always, you can find our show notes at www.abreathoffreshawe.com. Thanks for joining us today. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. We have Ashley Ray with us. We are so excited. She owns Habitat Yoga. Ashley, would you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Amy. I'm really excited to be here as well. Um, Habitat Yoga is here in Nashville, Tennessee, and we bring private yoga classes to homes, schools, events, and workplaces. So specifically, we specialize in kids yoga, um, and we work to partner with schools, libraries, and community centers throughout Middle Tennessee to bring yoga and meditation classes for preschoolers through teenagers. I love your kids' classes. They are so fun. The sing-song... I literally have stuck in my head when I go to sleep some nights. Uh, It's amazing. Yeah, so how did you get into Habitat Yoga? Can you tell us a little bit about the journey through that? Yeah, well, uh, my yoga journey started, oh gosh, about 10 years ago. Um, I, as a child, had been a bit of a perfectionist. I grew up um, with an early divorced family, and so moving through the challenges of single parenting and then having a younger sibling and feeling like I needed to parent her myself. I think I just grew up really fast. Um, It sounds like it. Yeah. And so I I internalized a lot of stressors um, and turned that into more of a perfectionist streak. So can I do better? Can I be better? Can I be enough for my family? Um, And, you know, that coupled with the real stressors of if and when we would have our next meal and when our mom would be able to come home. And don't get me wrong, my mom did an incredible job as a single mother. She she hustled for us. Um, But I think I found stress as a child that I just wore within me and I didn't necessarily have coping skills for. Um, So by the time, you know, fast forward to college, I had still been a perfectionist. I got into a very competitive school. Um, I was plugging away and maybe coping by overworking. And it was at that point uh, about junior year when I needed to choose, am I going to follow my dream of going to law school or am I going to trust my gut and know that that really isn't right for me at this point and, and figure out what else I'm going to do. And I think that internal stress, again, just kind of led to this mounting point where I started having little anxiety attacks that began to lead to bigger panic attacks. And I... I wasn't fully in tune with my body. I just didn't really know what was happening. Uh, so I went to our student health center um, and I was so conditioned of years and years of, if I feel uncomfortable in my body or if I feel um, any pain, I just go to the doctor and they give me pills and it feels better. So I went to the doctor and I said, something is wrong with my heart, please fix it. And uh, he 
sat down and talked with me for a while. He ran a few minor tests and then said, Ashley, I really don't think that anything's wrong with your heart. And what it sounds like is that you're battling pretty high levels of anxiety. And I'm going to prescribe to you yoga and meditation three times a week. And then I want you to come back every couple of weeks and chat with me about it. And I left livid. I was so angry. I thought, oh, this guy's a quack. He does not know what he's talking about. Uh, where are my pills? Make this better. Um, but I went. I went to my first yoga class. It was hot yoga, um, which just happened to be near the university. And I knew that a lot of people went. And I went in thinking, this will be slow. It won't be a good workout. I'm not going to enjoy this. And I was so pleasantly surprised. Um, the specific studio that I went to, which is not the case with most yoga studios, was very competitive. Um, it had the atmosphere where everyone was pushing their body really hard and sweating really hard. And I felt like it got a great workout. So I joined right away. I started going every day. And quickly my competitive nature shifted from competing with everyone else in the room to then competing with myself. Can I go further in this pose than I went yesterday? Can I start to see the changes? You know, in the Hot 26 series, you're doing the same 26 postures over and over, so you can start to see that growth really quickly. Um, yeah, and so I think I just was hooked right away as I started practicing, but the benefits really changed for me over time, and my long-term addiction to yoga became about so much more than, than the physical or my competitive nature. Yeah. So you talk about feeling a lot of internal stress as a child, that being transformed then into a lot of anxiety in college years, a lot of panic attacks, and maybe not listening to the body as much. Oh yeah. I don't think, I don't think I even knew how to listen to my body. I would feel discomfort and instead of sitting with it or acknowledging it or yeah, even being able to talk about it, I would eat. I would play video games as a kid. I would people please and try and find uh, new friends or new boys that I could attract or please in some way. Um, and those habits followed me a bit through college and, and I also would work. I would work really hard to be the best at what I was doing or get more hours for my resume or um, study as hard as I could. And I really wasn't I didn't have a good model for exercise as a kid. Our family didn't really go on hikes or they, I just thought exercise was a weight loss tool. I didn't really even know that you could use that to um, cope with stress or help your body just feel good and healthy and comfortable. Um, so I think what the doctor was really telling me was get out of your head and get into your body. And it was the first time in my life that anyone had given me permission or asked me to do that. And so that was where the shift was then. Yeah. Oh, I, th I think that sweet student health doctor saved my life in a way that I didn't even know that I needed. The guy who was a quack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So talk to me about the practices then and how you felt more empowered by them. Sure. Um, so I started at that hot yoga studio and after a few months, I realized that it wasn't about how much I could do in a pose or how far I could go. I was starting to be able to look and my body in the mirror, um, just wearing a sports bra and shorts because it was so darn hot in there. And I, my body hadn't really changed, but I was so much more comfortable with it. And that translated off the mat too. And I would put on a bathing suit or when we would, um, you know, when summer rolled around, I was just so comfortable with my body in a way that I hadn't really ever felt before. And then I started to be so uh, in control of my breath and aware of my breath for the first time. So. 
I was breathing in those classes to the point where I didn't have to lay down because it was so hot. I was able to regulate my own internal temperature with my breath and I could sustain through the entire class. And that felt huge. And then I would take that off of the mat into hiking or running. And I had so much more endurance and I could control my breath in a way that I had never used or known before. Um, and then the anxiety piece was huge for me. I started to be able to go 60 minutes or 90 minutes in a yoga class without thinking or worrying or t planning my to-do list or planning anything. And that had never been the case my entire life. And then being able to take that off of the mat and go, okay, it's Sunday and I'm, I've got everything in control for the week and I'm just going to enjoy my day and not worry about what I have to do. And having that as a tool um, to bring into everyday life allowed me to calm down the constant to-dos, the constant I need to do better in a way where I could live with myself more comfortably, um, feel into my body and just be really present. So a lot of lessons on the mat that you were able to then translate into life. Then how did Habitat Yoga develop as a result of this? Yeah, um, fast forward another few years and I was working in marketing. Uh, that's what I ended up doing instead of law school. And I really enjoyed it. I worked uh, internally with a chain of preschool. We grew preschools. We grew from seven to 13 schools while I was there. So I was in the schools a lot, um, both interacting with the teachers and the parents and the children. And my mom uh, has such a great childlike spirit. Um, everything that we did was an adventure. So I think for my sister and I both, we just sort of took that on as, you know, that's how you live life. And I didn't really realize that it was in me until I started being around the kids more in that kind of three to five year old age range. Um, it's just so much fun. And uh, as I interacted with the kids, I started to notice similar problems across every school and every classroom where the teachers were having trouble communicating when the children would have any sort of emotional issue or change. The kids didn't have the tools and the teachers didn't know how to teach them. And so the kids couldn't self-regulate at all. They were just really frustrated, which would lead to frustrated teachers. And while the school was incredible and I thought uh, better than a lot of preschools, they just didn't, um, there was no training in that uh, or no awareness around that. And maybe they didn't even use it in their own lives. So I started to think about all of the tools that I had gained from yoga and how I was seeing this problem within the schools. And I just wondered if anybody did that for kids. I didn't know if kids yoga was even a thing. Um, so I started researching kids yoga and where it lived. And it, at that time, um, this was about four years ago, it was, it was just in bigger cities. It was in New York, it was in LA, there was a little bit in Chicago. Uh, it certainly was not in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, I originally flew to New York. Well, I got my 200 hour teacher training uh, with yoga just to be able to do my kids yoga training. I thought, you know, I just want to get deeper. I want to do it with the kids. I maybe will never teach with adults. And I ended up loving it. And of course, teaching adults too. I've worked with them now for the past three or four years. Uh, but after I finished my 200 hour training, I immediately flew to New York to work with a company there that was pretty established in kids yoga. And I got trained uh, in their program, which provided me just great insight into the way that um, kids might perceive yoga and that you could take it and turn it into really fun games that would keep them engaged and songs that would keep them listening but also learning um, and ways to slowly build them through a curriculum where they could start to learn and incorporate the movement, the mindfulness skills, the breath, and then be able to take that off of the mat. Um, so it started on a small scale with that company in New York and then over the past 
three or four years, I have really grown my own skills and repertoire with kids yoga and built a lot of our own games and songs and techniques um, and ways to translate the history and philosophy of yoga. So you went to a 200-hour teacher training and how did that then translate into practices in your own life and what do your practices look like today? Yeah, my practices are (laughs) varied um, and it really depends on the amount of time that I have in my life but also kind of my headspace. You know, I think anybody can understand that we sort of we cycle through different ups and downs in life where at some points you're all about self-care and you're really diving in. And at other points, you know, you've got a lot of responsibilities. So I try and uh, give myself a little grace to just feel into whatever feels right in the moment and not really force a regular practice, um, but let it, let it be a comfortable part of my life. So I make it to yoga classes. I I started with that 200-hour training that was really hot yoga focused. And then I did um, another one-on-one training with a wonderful woman in Goodlettsville, Tennessee, um, where I got vinyasa trained. So I teach both of those classes. I also, uh, to adults, and then I take a lot of vinyasa classes. That's kind of my love at this point. Um, And I think we cycle through different uh, interest levels too with different classes as well. But There are a few teachers here that I just really love going to and can let go in their classes. And then whenever I travel, I always make a point to find new vinyasa teachers um, to go and practice with as well. I think even if I can just get 10 minutes in a day to sit down and do a little bit of meditation or turn on the Headspace app, um, that's really helpful for me. But a lot of my practice too comes in play. And I don't think many people view it that way, Um, but that's really how we work with the kids. If you can get out of your head and get into your body, you are doing yoga. So in my mind, all of my kids' classes are practice too. And um, I wrote and started leading a kids' yoga teacher training about a year ago. So every time that I get to play with other adults and show them this childlike wonder of, you know, get in here, sing these songs, play these games, people are amazed how refreshed they feel at the end. And I always hear, why don't we do this for adults? Can you make this class happen? but just being able to, to let go of even more, not just your to-do list, but also kind of the limitations and expectations we put on ourselves as adults can be really, really freeing and a big part of my practice day to day. Yeah, I love how you talk about the play aspect of it. The One of the first things I noticed as a mom um, was I think how I forgot how new things can be. So I remember Kinley sitting in the grass one day and it was like the first time she had experienced grass and she sat there like petting it and she sat there like looking at it. She tried to eat it, of course. Um, but it was the first time she had seen grass and experienced grass. And I like was like, oh, well, I just walk in this and I just, you know, like I know it's green. I know the color green. I know what it feels like. It's nothing new. So it's not novel. It's not fun. It's not something I want to play with. And I like the idea, and I think that obviously we need more of play in our lives, but also then like how that inspires us or encourages us to get outside the box Mm -hmm. and then be creative and innovative. I think that that's like the key, like one of the key kind of tenets to innovation is being playful and being willing to step outside of your norm. I completely agree. And I think the grass is a really good example because we walk across grass and barely even feel it under our feet. I mean, we have to pause to feel into our feet and notice that. 
Whereas a child sitting in the grass for the first time or anyone sitting in the grass for the first time is going to have a very sensory experience. What does this grass feel like against my skin? What does it smell like? If I lay in it, how does it feel? And can I feel the warmth of the sun? Um, you know, you might notice as you're sitting in the grass, how you hear the different sounds around you. And we just let go of that. We move too fast. So letting yourself kind of go back to that childlike state and notice things for the first time. It's such a practice in mindfulness and in sensory integration. Um, it can be really beneficial. Yeah, it's so exciting. So tell us what a typical kids class looks like. Oh gosh, every kids class is different. When I train teachers, uh, the first rule is come with a plan, but be prepared to throw it out the window. Because <laughs> uh, if you walk in, the biggest thing that you can do in a kid's class is read the energy. In an adult's class, the energy is going to be calm. People are coming for that experience. They lie down on their mat. They're ready for you to tell them what to do. In a kid's class, you might walk in and everyone's sitting calmly in a circle and they're very tired from their long day. Or you might walk in and everyone is screaming and throwing things and running around <laughs> and playing tag. So you can't really know what the energy of the group's going to be until you get in there. Um, but it pretty much always starts with kind of a grounding sharing circle. We start with a singing bowl pass that we go around with the kids. And that just really gives them the opportunity to connect with the group, to feel like they have a vocal presence, but also to get all of their Miss Ashley, Miss Ashley's out of the way because they always want to tell me things at the beginning. Um, we do a little bit of om, which oming, which happens with the little ones um, as more of a song, and with the bigger ones, we do more traditional oms. And then we usually get moving in our bodies. Um, we'll either do sun salutations at an older level or the sun dance with younger kids. Um, just trying always to take those same concepts and then translate them in a way that's really fun. We then move into either yoga sequencing or yoga games. Sometimes we'll take that as more of a yoga adventure with the really little ones of where should we go today? Is it the beach or the jungle or the zoo? And how should we get there? And we do all the poses in our body and we do animal poses as we see them. So every kid's yoga class is different, but they are all fun and about movement and breath and feeling into the body. Um, everyone ends with a shavasana where they lay down for that relaxation at the end. and. Uh, most of the little ones only stay still because if they lie still and quiet, they get a foot rub and a shoulder rub. But at the end of it, they have breathed for 10 minutes. They've listened to a guided meditation, either by me or one online. There's some really great resources. And um, their bodies are just really relaxed and they understand the benefits. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so beautiful to be able to see a room full of kids all laying down because they know that they're going to get the foot rub if they lay down and listen, but also they're just being with their bodies and really just letting it settle. I absolutely love that. So as far as some stories or some like examples of just what you've seen be uh, transformed. Tell me, um, can we start this one over? You're good. You can just keep going okay. and I'll cut it out. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't actually normally get to see the big moments. And I think that's a good thing because working with these kids over a couple of years, I get to see slow, small, little transformations that I don't realize are really even happening in the moment. But when I look back, I think, wow, that child was really in their shell before and they really were uncoordinated and didn't have balance and weren't sure what to do with their body. And then I see a child now who's really comfortable in yoga, talking to me, talking to friends, able to do the poses. Um, maybe some of my favorite changes that I see are the kids who come in and right away, whatever age, they say, oh, ow, that hurts. I can't do that. 
and they're scared to move their body. They've only ever had examples of people saying, no, that hurts, I'm not gonna do it. Um, and so we always talk through the process of there's a difference between pain and tension. And learning that difference is simply using your breath. So if you're in a pose that feels uncomfortable or maybe feels tense, if you take about three deep breaths, if it still hurts and if it feels like pain, back off, listen to your body. But at the end of those three breaths, if it's starting to release, if it's starting to stretch, you know that it was just tension, you can keep moving through it. Um, so a lot of the changes that we see are ones that kids just need to acclimate into their bodies a little bit more. And then once they get there, then they start building the core strength. They start building the balance. They start gaining the confidence and the self-awareness in their body that maybe they didn't have before. So as you've worked with parents and kids, can you tell us a little bit about the feedback that you've gotten from the parents about the changes that they've seen in their own kids as they go back into their home environments? Oh, sure. I love hearing from parents. Um, we usually get really positive feedback that is more of, oh my gosh, they showed us all the poses, or we did this as a family, or she couldn't wait to come home and show us this new pose or trick. <laughs> um, but there have been some really positive success stories from parents too. I know a really big one is around sleep. A lot of our students um, either have trouble sleeping or wake up in the middle of the night and aren't able to put themselves back to sleep. So adding in the skills of breath work, um, a few restorative level poses for kids, and then um, the tools of a couple of guided meditations that parents can use have allowed kids to transition better to their bedtime, but also to be able to fall back asleep at night, which has been really helpful. And then, let's see, I did have acquaintances, dear friends, and they, let me roll that over, they're not acquaintances and dear friends. You're fine. <laughs> Uh, her, her parents are close friends of ours and she was just having trouble like most two and a half year olds with controlling emotions, with temper tantrums, with how to handle stressful situations or change. And, uh, so they brought her to me for a couple of one-on-one -on -one yoga classes. <laughs> and at first I thought, oh gosh, what am I going to do with a two and a half year old for an hour? But she was fantastic, and we went on yoga adventures, and we talked about a lot of breathing tools. We did a lot of scenarios of when you're upset or when you're angry or when you're sad, what could you do? And we would talk through the different situations and how she could handle it. And after about three classes together, her dad pulled me aside at an event and said, my child is a new child. She got upset today and I got down in her face and said, let's breathe together. And we took five deep breaths and she put her hands on her belly and my belly and we breathed and her temper tantrum was done and she had calmed herself down. Thank you so much. So being able to give that to parents is really cool. Um, but, that's amazing. But I'm more excited about being able to give it to the child yeah. because she takes it from there. Yeah, and that's been something that she can practice throughout the rest of her life. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So how would you describe your life at this point? Oh, it's a whirlwind, but a good one. <laughs> Very sweet. I recently hired six other teachers so that when we go back into the schools this fall, um, we'll just have a big force of yoga goodness to bring into the schools. And I, at this point, am really striving for balance. You know, you can work all the hours in the day. There's always something to do. But adding in those spaces for self-care, listening to my body when I need to slow down, um, making time just to be with my husband and to be with good friends and enjoy the outdoors, uh, all of those are trying to be priorities in my life. <laughs> 
And so you just also had your first teacher training this past spring? Mm-hmm. Last April, we did our first teacher training here in Nashville, and we have another one coming up in September, and then we'll be in Chattanooga, Tennessee in November. That's so exciting. Yeah. So it's growing, and the model's growing, and then being extended out, so you're having a larger reach with all these kiddos. That's the plan. Yeah, we've we've worked mostly with private school kids at this point, which is great. Every child has stress. Um, they're just different, different levels and different uh, triggers. So I think our goal now is to expand out into more of, um, you know, a population with higher need and with stressors that just come from other areas, less, less self-imposed stressors and more external ones. Yeah. What teachers have influenced you the most in your practices over the years? Oh, um, well, I'm really grateful to all of the teachers and studios that have influenced our kids yoga practices. So Karma Kids Yoga out of New York, they're fantastic. The Little Yoga House in Austin, Texas, also really good. Um, teachers that have influenced my practice the most I really love a couple of Nashville-based teachers, Paige Hart at Sanctuary, Rebecca Carey at um, Shakti Power Yoga, and then I love, love traveling to Asheville, North Carolina. That's where my husband and I got married, and Joe Taft there is just this incredible yoga teacher. He taught wedding day yoga for all of our wedding guests, and um, he's been a big influence as well. That's so cool. So if you could tell our listeners if they were interested in where to begin either as parents, probably as parents, um, as a parent myself, where would I step in if I was interested in bringing my kid into some of these practices? Yeah. Um, well, if you're not in Nashville, you can find some really cute kids yoga classes geared more toward the three to six year old age range on cosmic kids yoga. Um, it's this adorable British woman wearing a onesie and she does really great little kids adventures. And then if you're looking for guided meditations, there are some great ones on YouTube. I am honestly in the middle of class, like typing in these YouTube videos, but hot air balloon guided meditation, story time guided meditation, the friendly whale guided meditation is a really good one. And again, they're kind of for that three to six, three to seven year old age range. Um, as you get a little bit older, feel free to pull your kid around that seven, eight, nine age into doing classes with you. If you use some sort of online class provider, a yoga glow or yoga with Adrian, something that you find online, um, invite your kid to join you. Their attention span might be shorter. It might be less fun for them, but the little bit that they can do and get acclimated with it and feel like it's a bonding experience with you is really positive. And then if you're anywhere in the Nashville area and you want to look us up for classes, we are Habitat Yoga, and you can find us at HabitatYoga.com or on Facebook or Instagram. We do pop-up classes all over town as well as classes at schools and community centers. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Ashley. Thank you, Amy. This was a blast. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoy Ashley. She is an absolute joy, such a light, and what a gift to share yoga with kids, right? So as always, you can find our show notes and our resources, meditations, and the things that Ashley mentioned in this episode on our website at www.abreathoffreshawe.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Breath of Fresh Awe. Tune in next week for our next episode. Again, September is Yoga Awareness Month. We're excited to share so many different practices and styles of yoga with you and inspire you in your own journey. I also want to give a huge shout out to Brendan Mayer. 
He performs the song and all the music on this episode entitled Starting With You. Both Brendan and his dad have a new record out this week called Long Story Short. It's available for purchase on iTunes and you can find the link to it on our website. Something about the way the empty space between us Don't stay empty long like the horizon Can't stop colliding the sea and the sky Even if I wanted to, couldn't get away The pull is just too strong, can't quite explain it You've got a way that makes me feel like I've been flying blind through the darkest night Oh, but you're like Seeing my first sunrise I never Had anything to lose I couldn't just let go Forget I ever had I never I never had to choose Between wanting what I have Knowing I wanted back but now I do, starting with you. Looking at my days, I see a hazy, crazy, faded face or two. Who I was, who I've been, who don't want to be again. Every time you kiss me Girl, you go and feel the empty in me Oh, I never Had anything to lose I couldn't just let go Forget I ever had I never I never had to choose Between wanting what I have Knowing I want it back But now I do Starting with you Starting with 